Blog Talk Radio. This episode is sponsored by Century 21's Broadhurst real estate agent, Jacinda Wright of Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Do you need passionate, personal service? Dedicated to providing you with the best possible experience for all of your real estate needs, buy, sell, invest with Jacinda Wright. For more information, you can call her at 843-504-6949. Again, 843-504-6949. Or you may also visit www.jacindawright.realtor. Again, that's www.jacindawright, and that's spelled J-A-C-I-N-D-A-W-R-I-G-H-T dot realtor. Again, for all your real estate needs, hit my girl up. Jump from SoCal, Hollywood to the slums, chronic smoke get burnt by the California sun on the west side, east coast where you at, got to New York like a net on a jet to London, to Brazil, to Quebec, like the whole damn world, to back to Ferg, tell them, hey, slow down, better represent when we come to your town, say, slow down, what you represent when we come to your town, say, get in with the business, I'ma be there in a minute, I just booked a Paris ticket, thinking about your need a visit. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. And yes, it is me, Simply Micah. (laughs) So very ecstatic and excited that you guys have decided to join me and my guests on tonight for episode show number 41. Remember, if you would like to keep up with the show as we slowly move into our third season, please be sure to subscribe to the show, and you have actually various ways. We have HipCast.com. That's www.HipCast.com. You're going to search within the podcast directory at the top, the top with Mike and Friends, and there you will see all 41 episodes. Now, you also have the website that makes it happen each and every show. That's Blog Talk Radio. So you can simply go to www.BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. Again, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the talk with Micah. Last but certainly not least, we have iTunes. That's right. So for those of you who have Apple iPhone devices, you can simply click on the Purple Podcast app on your iPhone device, click search at the bottom right, and search the talk, W forward slash Micah and friends, and subscribe to the show totally free. Okay? So again, you have hipcast.com, blogtalkradio.com, as well as iTunes. All right? Now also, please stay tuned for our upcoming shows, Candid Conversations, The Legends Panel Part 2, Micah's Dating Show, and The Trans Affair with special host Ebony Sherry. So again, stay tuned for those.
Now, if you have any new and exciting shows, please go, go ahead and email us at thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. And if you would like to promote your business, your event, or brand via the Talk with Micah and Friends, please hit us up at the very same email, thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Again, that's thetalkwithmica at gmail.com. Well, it's actually time to hear a word from my sponsors. And when we return, we will have an exclusive interview with Mr. and Miss Continental 2015. Landis Osborne presents Miss Northeast Royale and Miss Northeast Royale Plus to be held Saturday, June 20th, 2015 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Categories include presentation, do your own thing, sportswear, production talent, as well as evening gown. Over $1,000 in cash and prizes will be awarded on that evening. Pre-registration is required, ladies and gentlemen, and the pageant is only open to those contestants residing in Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland. For more information, please contact Mr. Osborne at mrlandis at AOL.com. Again, that's Miss Northeast Royale and Miss Northeast Royale Plus 2015. Get 3D by the captivating and mesmerizing effects of Unique's 3D Fiber Lash Mascara. With its all-natural ingredients, its water-resistant and non-smushing aspects, you'll be sure to be amazed with the extended length and volume of your real lashes. Out with the old boring mascara. Be unique. Please visit www.uniqueproducts.com forward slash Melrose 2015. Again, that's www.unique, that's Y-O-U-N-I-Q-U-E, products.com forward slash Melrose 2015 to see all of their great products and to place your order today. So please go ahead and check them out. Atlanta Western Newcomer, an official preliminary to Western Newcomer, honoring Yahim Lopez Dupree and Infinity Bonet, as well as Western Femme and MI, honoring Trey Buchanan and Seduction Dickerson, will be held Sunday, April 12th in Atlanta, Georgia at the Jungle Nightclub. Doors open up at 5 p.m. Pageant starts promptly at 6. For more information or a contestant packet, you may contact Alex Santiago at 404-640-0794 or Rashad German at 850-264-5574. Again, that's Mr. and Miss Atlanta Western Newcomer and Western Stem and MI, April 12, 2015. Be there or be square. French Connection presents Miss Europe Continental 2015, an official preliminary to Miss Continental in September, honoring Joan Julian Stratton. It will be held April 20, 2015 in Lyon, France. Guests include, but not limited to, Miss Continental 2015 herself, Brooklyn Heights, Miss Continental 2015, Nation Lopez, Candy Stratton, French Stratton, a former Mr. Continental, Angel Saez, Crystal, Alex, Peter Fargo, and the O Paradise cast. Again, Miss Europe Continental 2015, April 20th in Lyons, France. Get your ticket. Dreamhouse Productions presents Dream Boy Continental 2015, an official preliminary to Mr. Continental in September. It will be held at the Baton Show Lounge in Chicago, Illinois, on Monday, April 27th, featuring Mr. Continental himself, Mr. Joey Taylor, former Mr. Continental Angel Saez and Antonio Edwards, Miss Western Grand Empress Cheyenne Valentino, and former Dream Boy Ray Valentino, with the promoter's special guest, former Miss Continental 2007, and the newly crowned Miss Black America, Nicole Love Dupree. 
hosted by Terry Demore Mizrahi. The winner shall receive $1,000. The alternate, the first alternate, will receive 200 and second alternate, 125 girls. The entry fee is only $100. Categories are interview, white presentation, swimsuit, talent, formal wear, and on-stage questions. Now, for more information, please contact Mr. Antonio King at 312-719-2880. Again, that's 312-719-2880. Better get your ticket. And, guys, please don't forget this weekend, Easter weekend in Chicago, Illinois, Jim Flint Enterprises and the Continental Pantry System presents Miss Continental Plus and Miss Continental Elite 2015, honoring the Lady Taji Iman and Lady Sharice. The Plus and Elite preliminaries will be held Sunday, April 5th at the Park West Theater. The Plus Final Night will be held Monday, April 6th at the Park West Theater, and Elite Finals will be held Tuesday, April 7th at the Baton Show Lounge. For tickets and more information, please call the office at 312-527-9338. Again, that's 312-527-9338. And again, good luck to all contestants competing on this upcoming weekend. Now, we're actually going to be right back with our chat with the Nintos, but in the meantime, please support our very own Khalil Valentino and Kendall Brinkley-Brown on their new music endeavors. Remember, support starts with us. So, we'll be right back. But before we do... Take a listen. Hey, yo, what's up? This is Kendall Brinkley Brown, and here's a preview of my debut single, Why. Available now on iTunes, Google Play, and Amazon. You got me saying why, why, maybe it's just in my Download the hit single Y, available today on iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play. For more information, please visit www.kindlemix.com. Again, that's www.kendollmix.com. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm AL. And I'm C. And we're the Etcetera Twins. And on April 7th, we'll be releasing our brand new single and music video, Confetti, available online everywhere. Here's a little sneak peek of what's to come. What's up, people? This is Craig Stewart. I am the author of Words Never Spoken, a memoir. It's available on Amazon.com, or you can download it to any e-reader. You can even visit my website at www.craigthewriterstewart.com. I grew up outside of New York, but I've always known that I wanted to move here for the city's vibrant artistic community. As a trans person, I would hope that I'd be welcomed, but many trans people aren't because we don't have the basic health care coverage that we need to survive. 
In New York and many other states, transgender people like myself are so often refused coverage, even for routine and preventive care. Every day, people come into the Sylvia Rivera Law Project because they have been denied the basic health care they need to survive. Transgender people, like all people, are healthier when they get the medical care they need. Trans medicine is a medically necessary intervention. Many people believe that doing providing hormones for trans patients is cosmetic, but as a medical provider, I can tell you how crucial it is for the health and lives of trans people to have knowledgeable, trans-friendly providers. We believe that everyone should have health care coverage, and that includes transgender and gender non-conforming people. But despite the American Medical Association's recommendation that insurers cover all necessary care for trans people, many insurance carriers routinely refuse coverage for necessary care. There are many barriers to for trans people to accessing any kind of health care. The biggest obstacle is the lack of trans-friendly or trans-knowledgeable providers. Transgender health care, whether it's preventative or hormone therapy, isn't special care. It's the regular health care that non-transgender people count on every day when we need it. I hope I'm able to get safe and affordable health care options when I need them. You can find out more about trans-related health care coverage at the link below. And then join us. Join us. Join us. Join us in creating a safe, accessible health care coverage for all of us. Well, 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 welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the talk with Micah and friends. I flooded you guys with a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of announcements, um, trans health care, PSA, I did a lot. Um, so if you didn't catch it, I hope you um, go back um, once the show is actually published and listen to all of what um, we have to offer and what is actually going on. Okay, but welcome again back to the talk with Mike and friends. It's definitely a pleasure, and I'm very excited to have all of you back. Um, it's been a while since I've been on. But if you just joined us, you've actually joined us at the best possible time. Um, now, in past shows, I've interviewed Miss Continental Plus 2014 and 2015, um, Farron Hyatt, as well as the Lady Mine, as well as Mr. and Miss Continental 2014, Khalil Valentino, and Miss Nation Lopez. So it's only the fitting that we allow the tradition to continue especially since this is, you know, Continental Weekend for the Plus New Lead is actually going to be coming up or fastly approaching. So let's go ahead and get right to it. I'm not going to waste any more time. Um, from Miami Beach, Florida, uh, capturing the title of Mr. Continental on his second attempt on August 30th, 2014. Let's welcome to the, to the radio show, the radio waves in the show, the strikingly sexy Mr. Joey Taylor. Welcome, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Micah. How are you? It's a pleasure and an honor to be on the show Finally. <laughs> Great. Well, why, why were you laughing? <laughs> oh, no, the sexy part. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, people say that you're no, sexy. I don't I think, think of myself in that light. Okay, well, you know, people say that you're sexy. I think that you're sexy, too, you know, so, hey, it is what it is. Um, but you're more than welcome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Now, with every king, there must be a queen. Um, from Toronto, Canada, now residing in Nashville, Tennessee, and capturing the title Miss Continental on her second tip as well on September 1st, 2014. Let's welcome to the show the lovely Miss Brooklyn Heights. Welcome to the show, Brooklyn. Hi, Micah. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody's all rested up and ready to go? (laughs) 
Absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. Great. Again, I, it's great to have both of you on, on the show. So let's go ahead and get right to it. Um, to my audience members, you know, if time does permit, I will open up the line for a few questions or comments or I bring the content to the world because I don't want to drag it on any longer. Um, so they are ready. I'm ready. So here we go. Um, so Brooklyn and, and Joey, I, I first want the both of you to tell us individually, you know, just a little bit about yourself, you know, like, you know, where you're from originally, your upbringing, you know, any special hobbies. And then last but not least, what fascinated you so much about the drag and the male entertainment career? Okay, so we'll go ahead and start with uh, we'll start with Joey first. So you can go ahead and tell us about your you know your your upbringing, any special hobbies, and then what fascinated you about male lead entertainment? Okay, well my name is uh, Joey Lopez, otherwise known as Joey Taylor is my stage name. Um, I was born and raised in Palm Beach, Florida, Palm Beach County. Um, I uh, about maybe like two or three years ago, I, I had been coming to Miami my entire life. Um, you know, I had actually used to compete in Miami dance competitions when I was a teenager and stuff like that. I So I came back and forth. They're only about an hour apart. And about two years ago, I relocated to where I live now, which is in South Beach, in Miami Beach, in the heart of the craziness. But... Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, any hobbies? Uh, well, you know, obviously, clearly, you know, I grew up dancing my entire life. I, uh, attended art school since I was a little boy, since I was about 10 years old. I woke up every morning and sit at a ballet bar at 9 a.m., um, as well as doing my academics at, at the same time. And I also was involved in extracurricular dance competitions and competing in Miami and, and dance studios and, you know, um, as I got older, I would choreograph and teach myself. And, you know, that was my life for a really, really long time, um, which segues into the next question about male leads and entertainment and male entertainment and male pageantry. Um, so I think of the first time I saw, uh, you know, a, a male pageant, uh, I want to say I w- might have been 20 years old. Um, so I... I saw it, and uh, it looked like something, you know, that I could apply myself to. And I was interested in it because I had grown up doing dance competitions my pretty much my entire life. And believe it or not, it's really quite similar to uh, competing in a in a pageant or male entertainment. You know, I had lived my whole life as a kid, you know, from 10 on, mm-hmm. you know, behind the lights of a, of a stage. So, you know, I grew up on stage kind of like as a showboy. And so when I saw this, you know, it just my eyes lit up because it was something that, you know, I could do and I could be creative and, and be anything that I wanted to be on stage. And so uh, that's, that piqued my interest. And so that's what led me to where I am now. Okay. And so you said um, around about 20 years old is actually when you saw um, the, your first pageant, right? I would say maybe earlier. It might okay. have been eighteen, nineteen, somewhere in there. I was young. What? What? What was? The, do you remember the pageant? Oh, I think it was EOY. Okay. Entertainer of the Year. Sorry, you know we use like lingo. In right. Who <laughs> doesn't know the pageantry world? Is the National Entertainer of the Year system? I believe was the first pageant that I saw okay. on a video, of course. Okay, thank you so very much, Joey. I appreciate it. And I hope, hopefully, 
um, those out there that are listening got to know a little bit more about your upbringing and, and what what catapulted or started it out for you. So thank you um, once again. So, Brooklyn, now um, it's your turn. <laughs> All right. Um, well, my name is Brock Hayhoe, um, based in Brooklyn Heights. I grew up in Toronto, Canada, um, the youngest of four, in a very uh, Christian conservative household. <laughs> Um, and I, I think I, I believe I started dancing at the age of 14 or 15. It was pretty late for someone to get into dance, and I hadn't really had any hobbies before my entire life, and I was pretty energetic and imaginative, mm. so um, I decided to try dancing one day, and I really liked it, and after about a year, I decided to audition for the National Ballet School of Canada. I had, like, little to no training, so it was just kind of like a, a whim thing to do because my friend was doing it. So my mom took me down, and my friend didn't even show up, but I still did the audition. I had no idea what I was doing, and I ended up somehow getting into the school. Okay. So, okay. I mean, it just, yeah, it was just random. It was completely random. I guess I had potential. They said I had potential because I had absolutely no training. So um, uh, from the age of 15 to um, I think about 18 or 19, I trained at the National Ballet School of Canada, and that's an act like sort of what Joey was talking about. It's an art school, except they only do ballet. So I did my academic programs there, and I did my um, my ballet stuff there. And it was an all-day kind of thing. And some people, there was a residence there, so some people lived there. Um, okay. And that was basically my life for my whole teenage years. And when I graduated from that program, I danced in South Africa in Cape Town for two years with the Cape Town City Ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I moved to New York City and... I joined Ballet Trocadero, um, which is a touring ballet company based out of New York, and I was with them for four years. Um, and I, as far as um, drag goes, I, I've always, I don't know, I've always liked dressing up in women's clothes. Even when, even when I was young, I was that kid who was in their mom's shoes and dresses and playing with dolls. It's just always female clothing and females have always fascinated me. So um, I didn't really, I like I said, my house was pretty conservative, um, so that kind of was frowned upon. So I didn't really explore it too much until I was 18 or 19. And um, and the National Ballet School of Canada is located in the gay village in Toronto. So I was, from the age of like 15 to 18, I was constantly surrounded by gay people who I'd never seen before. So mm. I was totally fascinated and I thought it was and it's something I sort of wanted to explore. So very, very slowly I did. At first, I... <laughs> I was the ugliest drag queen when I started. I, I literally, my first time out, I, I wore my boy's stage makeup that they had taught me at the, at the ballet school. So, like, okay. we're talking, like, pancake base, a little bit of blush, some eyeliner, and some mascara, and, like, a sensible nude lipstick. Mm. <laughs> I, I was lovely. I didn't have a wig. I wore my boy hair. I wore a pair of boy jeans, tight boy jeans, some heels, and, like, my friend's top. So it was pretty tragic. Um, well, and I kind of just, I did drag for fun for like a year, like just like like that, like stupid, not professional stuff. Um, and then I, I went off to Cape Town and then eventually to New York. Now the company in New York that I worked for was an all-male drag ballet company basically. So that's where I learned to dance on point. And we, um, and we were about essentially... So that's kind of where I learned more about drag makeup um, and how to dance on point and all that stuff. And I was with them for four years. And 
by the end of the four years, I was really burnt out, and I just, I really didn't like what I was doing anymore. I didn't like my boss. I wanted to kind of work for myself and do my own thing and have artistic freedom, I guess. And I was right. still really interested in drag. It was just coming more and more. So I quit. I decided to quit my job, and I quit my job, and I decided to move home to Toronto, um, where I hadn't lived for about eight years now. Um and I was talking to my drag mother at the time. She wasn't my drag mother at the time, um, Fahrenheit. I had grown up with her. I had seen her from when I was, like, 18 to my whole 20s, basically. And, okay. um, and that was Miss Thompson last year. So that's kind of how I got to know her. And I was talking with her about how much I wanted to move home to Toronto and try to be a professional drag queen. So she said, okay, well, come home and we'll, we'll help you get started. So I lived with her for a couple months. And she made me her drag daughter, and that's when I got the name Brooklyn Heights. Okay. And I kind of, yeah. And I so I moved home, and I and after about six months, I was I was I won some local pageants, and I was able to start supporting myself doing drag, and that kind of became my full time gig. And then I later that year, later that year actually, I was when I went to EOI for the first time, and I placed first runner-up, which was amazing. And then a month after that, I went to Continental for the first time. I placed first runner-up there. And I came back and won the next year. <laughs> yeah, and, and, we're gonna, and, we're, and we're actually going to talk about that um, um, a little bit later in the um, conversation. But I'm glad you brought that up because it, it will be something I want to ask you about um, a, a little later. But thank you so very much. And I, I love your um, your your dancer professional your professional dancer's resume. I mean, that is um that's wonderful. I was I was actually inquir- was gonna inquire about that, so I'm glad you pinpointed that as well. because um, it's amazing to see someone who who both of you who truly love to dance, who are truly talented individuals, mm-hmm. be able to transcend that and, and put that on the stage in our own community and that be your talent and that, you know, of course help you to, to be where you are now. So um, I, I appreciate that from from the both of you. Um and I'm glad that Constitution was one of those pageants that allow true talent, you know, to, to be on that stage and to be judged just with any anybody else's talent, you know. So again, thank you, um thank you both for that. Um, I do want to ask you something really, really quickly, Brooklyn. Um, what made you want to move to Nashville, Tennessee from Canada and work at Play? And and so far, how has that experience been for you? Um well, I wanted to move to Nashville because I, when I won Continental, one of my big my, one of my big worries was because I'm a Canadian citizen, I was I was going to have to be crossing into the U.S. so much, and working and fulfilling my business Continental, all these prelims and stuff. So I really wanted to get a work visa, and I've had two work visas to the states before for when I lived in New York. Um, and the visa that I require is called an O1 visa. It's a special skills visa. An alien of extraordinary ability, basically. Okay. Um, and it's it's not easy to get, and it requires a lot of paperwork and stuff like that. So that was my biggest fear when when I won this continental. Am I going to be able to complete my reign? What if I get stopped at the border with all this drag? What are they going to say? Yada yada yada. So wow. I decided to just go ahead and do it the correct way and apply for the visa. And I had no idea just as and I applied as a dancer, drag performer, and I had no idea if I was going to be able to get a visa for being a drag queen. Like, you, you don't know if they're going to think that's a legitimate thing. Right. But I was really lucky, I think, because my past experience with Valley Trocadero and that being a really well-known company in the art, arts world, and they were drag queen dancers. So I used a lot of that stuff in my visa package. And long story short, I got the visa for three years. So, mm-hmm. And the, the way I was able to get the visa is because um, Play had asked me to come down and 
be a guest for the weekend, and they really liked me, and they asked me if I would consider moving down there to work permanently. And I said, yes, but would you be interested in sponsoring me for my work visa? Basically saying that they are going to hire me, yada, yada, yada. That's what you need in order to get a work visa. They wanted to give me a job, and they were willing to sponsor me for the work visa, so it was perfect. I said, yes, of course I'll do it, because I just want to be in the U.S., so I'm able to travel, and it's just easier for me. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, it was great. Uh, I I like living here. It's a lot more than Toronto. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure. It's it's a lot smaller, and I've never, like, I've never really needed a car before in my life, and Mm -hmm. I'm finding say more and more that I need to get a car because it's very hard to get around here. Yeah, I'm so sure it is in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. well great. <laughs> and uh, thank you. I, I was just inquiring, just want to know, you know, what kind of catapulted the, the move, which I kind of thought about that, but, you know, that was a question that someone wanted me to ask, and so I asked them that. And then, of course, personally, I want to know, you know, how has how your experience been? And I'm sure it's been um, quite amazing from, from what I'm seeing just on the outside looking in. Um, now I'm going to ask the both of you, uh, I'll start with Joey, um, really quickly, um, but I want you to think about it, you know, uh, the both of you, I want you to give me two things, if you can give me three if there's three, but um, at least give me two things most people wouldn't know about you. So among everything that everyone supposedly knows or that you put out for social media, what is that, what, is, what are two things that people really don't know about you or don't know about you? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, I know there's something. Sorry, I had myself uh, on mute. I apologize. Oh, okay. No okay. Um, <laughs> I would say that I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I think there comes a point in your life as a performer, like, like I said, you know, I've been basically like grew up on a stage and, since I was young, you know, when you're in art school, you have showcases. And I remember being 10 years old and always being up there behind the lights. And as you progress in your, you know, in entertainment and always being on stage, you know, it comes, it becomes natural to you to be behind that glaring light that's in your eyes and you can't see anything in the audience. So I was thinking about this the other day that, you know, in all honesty, sometimes I really don't, People wouldn't know, but I really just like to wear, like, sweatpants and walk around my house and and not be, you know, like, not be viewed and not be, you know, uh, you not be Joey Taylor. You know, I really, I'm, like, a really comfy person. You know, I like to, you know, I don't even like to hustle and bustle sometimes of the large city that I live in. You know, mm-hmm. in South Beach, it's beautiful, and I, would, I wouldn't live anywhere else. You know, when I moved... I realized, wow, this is my home and it's paradise. But, you know, I'm really a quiet person and I'm very internal. I'm a Capricorn. I, I, you know, I'm very, people sometimes think I'm very serious and I am, you know, but there's a silly side to me as well. You know, I'm very quiet and I like to live in my own realm, you know, and sometimes, you know, from being on stage from such a young age, I don't think people realize that, you know, I don't like to always get done. And, and right. go and go out, you know. So that that point in my life, you know, I've kind of like, I kind of like, I had this discussion the other day actually with uh, former Mr. Continental Angel, you know. You know, you get to a point in your life where 
you know, you you want to focus on your home, you know, like making your home the very best it can be. And a lot of people don't know, you know, I've been working on my house and painting and, you know, painting my walls and, and that kind of stuff. And I think people, when they think of, oh, Mr. and Miss Continental, they think, you know, you're like, you know, out wearing like rhinestones at like, you know, 2 a.m. or something. But really, I'm in my house painting the walls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so that's something I think people wouldn't really realize and I can't I don't know if there's three, two, um just two. Uh, I mean so far so far I got you're a regular type just what from what you said. I, I believe that you're just a regular type of guy. You know, you're just like anybody else, you know. And that you're quiet and, 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 and most most times your everything is very internal for you. So that's what I got, but is there anything else you want to tell us? <laughs> Uh, no, I'll stick with that for now. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, In Brooklyn, what about you? Me and Joey are very similar that way. We're both very, like, actually very quiet people. And I'm, I don't like going out a lot and going to big clubs. I would much rather be at home with friends watching a movie, something like that. So I'm a pretty quiet, um, home kind of guy too, or girl, depending on. Kind of the time of day you catch me on. Um, what's another thing about me? I'm terrible at remembering people's names. Oh, <laughs> are you now? I so, am. Like, so, 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 how do you overcome that? Like, what what needs to be done in order for you to remember their names? I I have to see them like three or four times, or if if I if I should know their names and it just still hasn't stuck in my head, I will ask them to. Quietly, and I'll. <laughs> it's getting better, but it, it is really hard. So what I do now is when I meet somebody, like mm-hmm. if if I have a second, I'll like say their name like five times and just like stare at their face for a second, mm. like in my head, just like a couple times, just so I can. I'm really, really good with faces. I can remember a face like that. Yeah, but names are very hard for me. And I'm sure it's for the both so, of yeah, you. Uh... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'm sure for the both of you, because I know for me it's been, this while, it's been this way for a while, but um, I'm sure for you guys especially, um, you'll get that person that'll come up to you and say, hey, you know, da-da-da-da, my name is such, I follow you on Facebook, or I'm your Facebook friend, and you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think people just expect, and, you know, it, it happens, but people just expect you to, to, to know their names or whatever. So for me, I kind of do like how you do, Brooklyn. I'm just like, if I know the face and I see it a lot on my timeline, I may not know the name, but I want to know definitely the face. So I, I totally get it. It's always really good when you. It's always great when you have a wingman too, who kind of <laughs> who knows. Yeah, and it's usually so me. <laughs> <laughs> right. When you have someone inter- when you have someone with you, introduce yourself, and then and then you know their name, and you use their name like eight times in a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're ter- so you're terrible at remembering names. And you're pretty much. I'm terrible at remembering names. Mm-hmm. I'm a homebody. Homebody. Um, and third, well, sorry, I'm incredibly sensitive. How are you now? I'm very, I'm very sensitive. Yeah. So how so how so how do you handle how do you handle that? You know, being being in the industry that that you're in, um, of course, people have nice things to say about the both of you, of course. But you know, just being in this industry, mm-hmm. um, how how do you handle that? Um, and how do you, like, channel that with you being, you know, a sensitive type of person? Like, 
you know, in case somebody may say something on Facebook or say something on social media or, or you may find out, like, how do you really handle that and, and decipher, you know, what's what and what I really need to worry about or not. So how do you how do you handle that? Well, it's it's sensitive slash very self critical. I think okay. it's a, Joey will understand the same answer. Like you're your own worst critic. Nothing is ever good Got enough. You. Like you hate mm-hmm. seeing dance videos of yourself. Okay. It so it's that kind of thing. Um, okay. And it's really hard. It's really hard because I beat myself up a lot. I did this in ballet too, and I do it in drag. Like when I when I don't feel I did something good enough, I really I get really down on myself, and mm-hmm. it's really hard for me to kind of shake off. Um, and as far as other people saying bad things about me, sometimes if I know it's definitely not true, I'll just get really angry. But and I want to I want to respond to it, but I know I can't being in the position I'm in. Like yeah. I'm a presence on Facebook. People watch what I say and people watch what I what I post. So you have to be very careful about how you deal with things. You have to do it in a classy and diplomatic manner. So a lot of times I'll just call up a friend and yell at them about it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's, like, that's a good way. Really. Yeah, exactly. I think that's how it should be done. And that's like a lost art form. Um, not writing things, not writing everything you're feeling on Facebook, I think is something that not a lot of people do anymore. But I have, I have some really good friends and like, I'm very close to Fahrenheit, my drag mother. She's one of my best friends. So mm-hmm. a lot of times she'll get a phone call about something or if she sees something that someone's written or if there's a situation, she'll call me and warn me. Mm-hmm. So I have a really good support system that way, just how I deal with it. And I'm as I go on and I kind of figure out who I am more as an artist and as a performer, I mean, it is getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still something It's something I'm always going to have to deal with, just right. dealing with people's negative comments and stuff and not letting it get to me. Okay. And, Joey, I want to ask you. <laughs> no, and I, and I thank you for that. And Joey, um, I want to ask you the same question, like, you know, well, as far as social media, because from that we're going to, I'm going to ask another question, but, you know, how how do you as a title holder handle, you know, social media and the scrutiny that can come from that, um, the naysayers and all that? Like, how do you, you know, handle that as Joey Lopez and as Joey Taylor? How do, how do you handle that? I would say that age has handled that. You know, I I actually posted something a few weeks ago that said, you know, thank God for, you know, age and wisdom and the backspace key. Because as I have gotten older, (laughs) I found myself, you know, sometimes when I have been upset about certain things, I'll write it out and then I'll reread it. And I realize in that moment that it's something that other people in the public does not need to see. It's my internal thoughts. But part of that is like therapy, you know, rereading it and realizing really how you're feeling because you've typed it out. You know, your thoughts are there, like, for you to see visually. So, you know, age has really dealt with that. I'm at a point in my life where, um, you know, I have so many other things going on outside of entertainment, and I have a great life that, you know, really nothing could bring me down. Anything that anybody has to say, you know, I don't – I come home in my bed, in my house, everything that is paid for with my money that I work hard for on a daily basis and nobody's opinion can affect that, you know, because I've built that for myself. So, you know, I try to keep my Facebook positive. I never post any negativity Mm -hmm. because there's so much of it already on Facebook and there's so much in the world already. So I, I like to have people 
think about the positive, you know, because I think positivity breeds positivity. So it just keeps going on. It's a snowball effect. Well, definitely agree with you there. I'm, I'm very, and of course, Joey, you know, and for Brooklyn, you read, you know, I'm always an encourager. You know, I'm trying to encourage everyone to be positive. I just tell people, you know, this, you know, it comes to a point, like you said, age definitely helps. Um, but it just comes to a point where you have to start, just worry about yourself. You know, of course, when you're driving along the highway, you have to be cautious of the person on the left of you and on the right of you, especially when you're on an interstate. That, that, that's true enough. But at the same time, you still have to be focused on the lane that you are in. And I believe that if people are just, you know, be positive, of course, but also just stay in your lane and worry about you for the most part, you won't have to necessarily worry about everything else. And you won't even have time. Like you said, you have a lot of stuff going on. You won't even have time to worry about or think about what what is being said, what is going on, you know. So I think that um, you brought up a great point, and Brooklyn brought up a great point um, in your responses. But just stay in your lane. Just do your thing. And then as long as you be positive and are an encourager and, and helping everybody, people are, you know, positivity free, you know, positivity. So um, that's, that's what I had to say on that or to um, – my rebuttal to, to um, what was being said, so I, I thank you for that. I um, what was the question? I did have another question somewhere. It was, oh, social media. I mean, I want to ask you this: Do you believe that title holders should have a strong social media presence? And if so, why do you think they need to have that? Anybody, any, you both, of you both of you can answer one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, I do. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, just to be quick, um, I do believe in social media because, you know, as you see, Brooklyn and I both use social media to, um, you know, inform everybody in the community about, you know, Mr. and Ms. Continental and Continental in general plus elite, all of it. Um, you know, but I will say something um, that I said in an interview, actually, this past year, which is that never underestimate the power of a physical letter or card or something that you can get in the mail. A long time ago, we didn't have social media, so people would run to their mailbox, you know, to receive something from somebody, a note, a letter. And there's something so personal about receiving a card or a letter or something that you can physically hold in your hand. You feel like you have it. Someone gave you something. And you don't always get that on on social media, but I do believe in social media, but I also believe in still uh, old school mailing somebody something that they can go to that they physically have in person. Love it, love it. And what about you, um, Brooklyn? I completely agree. It's about reaching out to all age gaps, like the older generation that didn't have social media, so that's kind of what they grew up with was cards, letters, things like that. So that's going to appeal to them if you – um, mail out some things. And then the younger generation isn't so much about that. They're more about social media, so it's important to appeal to them as well. So I think social media is very important for anybody in a public spotlight these days. Okay. So so uh, what is your, aside from, aside from social media, what is your individual method of promoting, promoting you, know, you and promoting um, the title that you, you currently represent? <clears throat> I would okay, say I'll go. Sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, Brooklyn. Sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think my method of the best way I can promote me is to be as amazing as I can be every time I step on stage. I mean, I am Miss Continental. So every time I perform, I try to show people why I am Miss Continental. 
I can attest to that. Which one of your freedoms? So, Deb, I can attest to that, most definitely. Okay. Thank you so much, Brooklyn. And what about you, Joey? Well, I was going to say, you know, <clears throat> sometimes as a contestant and uh, even, you know, when I wasn't running for the pageant, uh, Continental, I um, I, I want to say that, you know, uh, didn't always feel validated sometimes. Uh, sometimes, in fact, it was the people who were not the current reigning at the time who actually reached out to me and were, were asking me, you know, are you coming back or, uh, you know, what are your plans or how do you feel, you know, just to let me know that I was valid, you know, that I was important to Continental. And so, um, you know, this year I really wanted to make it a point that, you know, it wasn't, you know, that no one got lost along the way. I wanted to make sure that, you know, these these contestants and these boys and these, my brothers is what right. I consider them, so many of them I have spent hours with, I have laughed with, I have cried with, I have, you know, uh, competed alongside. So many of them I respect, and I didn't want them to feel like, you know, oh, he's Mr. Continental, he he can't reach out to me anymore. It was very important to me that I validated everybody because they deserve it, because these are people that I respect. These are, this is my family. You know, these boys these boys and a lot of the girls as well, you know, they're people that I love and admire and I respect even as Mr. Continental. So it was important for me to call everyone to Facebook, to message, to whatever I got to do to see them in person, to sit down, to have lunch, to have coffee, whatever, whatever it is, you know, and that's really how I feel I have promoted myself. You know, I don't, I don't think that a picture really, as a national title holder, promotes you. You know, I don't think um, – I do believe in what Brooklyn said, that being on stage is a true representation of yourself and showing everybody that your ability and your talent that you've worked hard for, you know, is a shining example of what it means to be Miss Continental or Mr. Continental. But just a picture for me, a promo is, you know, just the shell. You know, it's really what happens behind the scenes you know, and on stage, that's a true representation and a way of promotion for whatever system and title you're representing. Well, definitely, definitely. I appreciate that. And um, one thing that I appreciate, um, you know, Jose Vega started it and, you know, it's continued. And, of course, you're, um, you're assisting with spearheading it this year. Is just that, that group on Facebook that not only the contestants, the middle, I believe it's the Mr. Continental 2016, the men competing, you know, and I, I, I wish that more systems would do that. Um, but I'm so very glad that Continental was doing it because it, you know, it brings forth a, a union of brotherhood you know, amongst the guys that are competing. And I just love how each, you know, everybody's rallying behind or supporting each other. And even after the competition, you know, people were still in the still in the group, you know, encouraging one another, congratulating you, congratulating the runner-up, and saying, I'm coming back. And, you know, those are the things that, that we need because at the end of the day, I always say you have to be mentally prepared when you're with entering pageants. You know, you have to be mentally prepared to win. You have to be mentally prepared that you may not come out the winner. You know, I hate to say loser, but, you know, hey, you may not come out the victor, you may not come out the winner. So, you know, to, to have that type of um, presence on Facebook, to have that type of camaraderie on Facebook, I think is wonderful. I'm glad that you guys are continuing it. And, I, again, I just wish that, that more was done. And, uh, again, thank you for your responses when it comes down to, you know, social media and the presence and all, and all of that. 
Um, you know, I firmly believe that, you know, in order to be a positive advocate within the LGBTQ community and remain connected, that you must devote your time and your efforts to a worthy cause. So I want you to tell us, you know, we'll start with Brooklyn and then we'll go to Joey. You know, just tell us about your involvement in your place of residence or former place of residence when it pertains to community service and giving back. Well, I have I haven't found any kind of charity events to get involved with down here as of yet. Mm-hmm. I've been traveling a lot since I moved down a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I would definitely love to be involved in something down. Here. Um, uh, up in Toronto, I did a couple charity things. Um, I did something for it's called Ticot in Toronto. Okay. Um, and it's a Royal Imperial Sports. They're a charity organization, and I would sometimes help out with them, um, donating my time to do shows. I did that a couple times. Um, I don't. I really haven't done a lot of charity work, to be quite honest with you. It's something I would like to get involved with. Um, I just kind of haven't found anything down here yet. Okay, not a problem. Yeah, because I, I remember when I had the conversation with um, your mother, Fahrenheit, you know, um, I was Googling her and, you know, when I was getting ready for to interview her last year, last April, last year April, and um, she was doing some things or whatever. So I was like, I want to ask that question. You know, I just want to know, you know, what you guys do, um, are doing or have done. Because um, I think it's very important that that we all give back in some form or fashion. Um, but thank you. What What about you, uh, Joey? Well, <laughs> I have some great friends. Like, <laughs> I have some great friends that are involved in, um, you know, like outreach with the community and and working in, uh, you know, in with transgendered youth and um, gay youth and and um, you know, kids that, you know, that are homeless and uh, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, I have been uh, trying to get involved uh, with that and and asking them for more and more information because it's been something that I have, you know, been been so uh, interested in. And then I'm waiting to hear back from them, you know, on what I can really do. But, uh, you know, as far as charity uh, is concerned, you know, I've kind of like uh, many people have asked me, oh, you know, can I be your your you know your gay son or your your child or whatever? And I really, I don't have any kids because you know for many years um, before Continental, I owned a dance studio alongside my sister for I'd say about like seven or eight years, and I taught every day, um, five days a week uh, for all night and. I had a lot of, you know, little girls and stuff like that who have gone on to do a lot of great things, but, you know, that I trained from when they were babies. And, um, you know, that kind of was my, like, giving back. And even though it doesn't have to do necessarily with our community, it was a way of me teaching somebody a craft that they would take on and learn and and grow with and find, you know, uh, artistic uh, expression and way to express themselves and, an outlet, you know, to deal with everything that we deal with in our lives. So that kind of was my focus and my passion for a long time. But as far as, you know, um, our community and uh, dealing with, like, you know, you know, AIDS and HIV outreach and getting people to, uh, you know, come in and be tested and transgendered youth and, and uh, you know, homeless, gay, lesbian, and transgendered youth and, you know, that's something that I'm I'm working on getting involved with, um, and so it's something that's in my future for sure, for sure. You know, um, but it's it's to come. 
Good, good. Well, thank you so very much for, for, for that. And I'm going to ask you guys, I'm not trying to get too serious here, but I, I want to get your take on it because I'm just really now researching and finding things out about it because I, don't, I, I look at the news, I look at CNN for the most part, but I don't like to look at the news a lot because I believe it's so negative, you know. But I do believe that we should know what's going on within our world and, and things of that nature. So I'm not a big political bluff or anything like that, but I just want to get your take on this really quickly and then we'll move on. But, um, you know, I definitely believe that we almost do our part, you know, especially within our LGBTQ community, um, you know, to make sure that our voices are heard before we are actually silent. You know, it's a lot of stuff that's, that's going on currently when it comes down to our, to our community. Now, as you know, right now the state of Indiana they're going through the issues legislatively in a reference to the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. Um, so social conservatives who believe the law could be used to protect Christian business owners who deny service for, like, same-sex, um, same-sex weddings, you know, fear a legislative fix could water down what they see as, like, an important religious protection, while the other components, you know, who see the law as a license to discriminate. So what are you guys' thoughts on the issue that, that definitely is a straight discrimination, I believe, towards our community? Um, to those, to, to us and those in our community, like, like, so, what do you think about what's going on currently in in, in Indiana when it comes down to that law that they're trying to put into place? Well, it, it boggles my mind that in 2015 in North America that this is something that is actually happening and that is allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I don't know, I just, I honestly can't fathom it. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that, like, in this day and age, knowing all we know, like all we have been through that this is still something that people think is okay mm-hmm. um, so I, obviously it's, it's terrible it's a horrible 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 thing and I think I don't know I don't really know how American politics works right. but like is I, I don't is there a way the president can step in and say something about this like I, 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 I do believe this is allowed yeah I, I do believe eventually that he can you know if he gets to us but I, I know that their governor and um, the people in legislative, you know, they're, they're trying to, to work on it. And, you know, I was reading up on it today or whatever. I, 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 I'm sure something's going to happen, you know, but what baffled me was, what, back in October, November, something around there, uh, it was something in Arizona, they were just trying to do the same thing. Like, they were trying to, you know, discriminate and say gays can't come in their businesses and things of that nature. And, and, and for me, and, and Joey, maybe you can attest to it here in, in North America, you know, it's like at one point, we, there was like a nothing was really going on. Things were going on, but it wasn't prevalent. You know, it wasn't so much going on. We had stuff going on in our in our community and people fighting against us, but it wasn't as much as lately. You know, people just so against you know us and trans. You know, there's so many trans deaths just in this year alone. You know, and so it's just like things have gotten out of hand. And I just I just think that we all need to come together, however we can, you know, to start really m- making those changes because. If Indiana starting it and Arizona tried, you know, eventually it's going to start going to those other states. So, you know, um, I'm going to read, read up on it and research a, a little more, but I was going to let you take. What about you, Joey? Did you have anything that you wanted to say in regards to this uh, Freedom Restoration Act? Well, happening? I, <laughs> I heard and I hope that the other day, uh, the last time I saw the news, that they were trying to repeal the bill that, I guess, first, started all this in the first place. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a, for me, it's, uh, I live in one of the most liberal places really that there is in the, the in South Beach, you know, I mean, it's really kind of very free here. So, you know, when I hear these things or when I, when I sit down and watch news, which I do every night, I it's kind of like looking in like 
uh, looking to the past, you know, I'm like, I can't believe these types of things still go on. And then you remember, you know, there are parts of the country that are not so liberal. But I think that, I think it's, number one, anytime people can't be free or there is no equality, um, you know, then we've lost everything. But Mm -hmm. I think when you try to hide behind religion, you try to discriminate against a group of people and use religion as your cause, it's even more of a shame. Um, There's nothing worse, you know, than try to use religion to, um, you know, take the rights away from somebody else. And it's disgusting. Um, And it really makes me sad, you know. Um, We think that we've moved so forward in this country and that we're so progressive. And then you turn on the TV and it's like, you know, we're back in the 1970s, you know, where people were had to hide who they were. Um, You know, um, it's just sad. And, you know, I think that, you know, this is another bringing it in another subject, but, you know, there was a lot of racial tension this year in the news and last as well with the killing of Trayvon Martin and the Ferguson, uh, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we think we've moved forward as human beings and it only takes one spark of something to ignite the the, you know, the feelings that are hidden underneath us all as human beings. And um, so, you know, sometimes we think we've moved forward every time we move forward, but we take a few steps back. So mm-hmm. I hope in the future, you know, we're able to heal as a community, as human beings, as, you know, America, as the world. Um, but, you know, we're all just Humans trying to live one day at a time. Trying to make it, baby. Trying to make it. Okay. Thank you so very much. So, <laughs> I, I um, let, let me ask you uh, which question I want to ask. We all are, we are, you know, we're inspired by someone. You know, there's always going to be someone or, or or a few people that may inspire us. You know, so for for some people it's one person, for others it's many. So in or outside of the industry, I want you to tell me and our listening audience who inspires you the most. And I want you to give a brief reason as to why you named them your inspiration. So, again, who inspires you the most? And it could be more than one person. And give a brief reason as to why you named them your inspiration. And we'll go ahead and start with you. Like who inspires me the most in drag? No, no, in or out. In or, in, in or outside of um, your arena. It doesn't matter. Can it be more than one person? Oh, most definitely, yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Outside of drag, um, I'm very inspired by my oldest sister. Uh, she's probably the first I'm closest to in my family. Um, and she is also a lesbian, actually. She has. Oh, uh, you're, you're a lesbian, too? <laughs> Did you? Uh, well. <laughs> I said, you're a lesbian, too? Because you said she's also a lesbian. <laughs> Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, just joking. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll just leave that one for a second. Um, she's um, she's amazing. She's okay. um, she's a wonderful, wonderful mother. She's an, an incredible person, and okay. um, I think it was really brave of her. She was married for ten years, and then eventually she came out as being uh, gay. So I mm-hmm. I just think she's a really, really brave person, and. She's an amazing mother, and she teaches me how to be a good, hardworking human being. Oh, wonderful. So I love her for that. Um, yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Um, 
as far as my career goes in drag, I'm obviously inspired by my mother. She's taught me so much of what I know and so much about this industry and this business. Um, so I owe a lot of my career and what I know about this business to Fahrenheit. Um, people who just inspire me aesthetically and performance-wise, I love, love, love Sasha Colby. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. She is one of the favorite entertainers of all time. I could just watch her for hours. I love watching her YouTube videos. Um, yeah, to me, she's incredible. So she's probably my number one entertainer. Um, as far as just, like, the looks and different things about drag, I really look up to Roxy Andrews because she is always on point. Like, she's always done the tease. She always looks phenomenal. So I really, I really love her as far as aesthetic things and performances go. Okay. So and what was your sister's name? My sister's name is Joanne. Joanne. Okay, so we got Joanne, we got Fahrenheit, Sasha Kobe, and Roxy Andrews. Okay, that's a good list. And what about you, Joey? <laughs> okay, um, well, mine is similar. I, I too, have an older sister. She's 10 years older than me. And uh, growing up, you know, um, we didn't really grow up together because she's so much older. Um, we were at different points in our life, so... When I was a young, when I was younger, um, she was basically, you know, like, uh, you know, 18 or 19, and she used to come pick me up, and, you know, what I call, I tell everyone she used to save me um, from my mom, because my mom never wanted to take me anywhere, so she used to, you know, pick me up, and, you know, we would go to the movies, and she would take me places, and she, she kind of acted almost like, you know, my cool mom, you know, so... When I was growing up, you know, I was looking forward to going to Disney World with her. And, um, you know, we we grew into being, as I got older, best friends because we didn't really grow up together as kids, you know. Um, as I got older, we realized we had so much more in common, you know, and we were kind of really the same kind of person, you know. So, um, you know, I'm inspired by her because, you know, she has two kids. She takes you know, great care of them. She's a loving mother, um, you know, and she's been through so much in her life, and she's just an incredible human being, and she worked so hard, you know. Mm -hmm. She worked so hard, and there have been times where she hasn't had the money for stuff or, you know, she she will put her children before herself, and that's something that is incredible to me, you know, a mother's love. There's nothing like a mother's love or someone who will love you unconditionally and give to you even if it means taking from them, you know. Right. So that's why I'm inspired by her. Um, but in this business and entertainment, I would say, um, obviously, uh, my father, Bob Taylor, um, has inspired me. Um, I met him um, actually at a Continental Benefit Um a long time ago, and, uh, you know, he wasn't immediately my father. Um, you know, he fell into that role, but anybody who knows him knows, you know, he spent a long time in this business supporting a lot of people and a lot of girls and a lot of pageant systems. And so, you know, sometimes as a promoter, like he has been a promoter, a fan, a dancer, a, and everything, um, you know, a drag and entertainment mogul, you know, you don't always get, you don't always get the title. Like, you know, Bob doesn't have, he's not a former Mr., you know, of this or this, but, you know, everybody 
kind of like looks to him, you know, because he has so many experiences. And so, you know, I, I'm inspired by him because he's given me something that money can't buy and that's wisdom. You know, he's, he's, Mm -hmm. he's, if you know him, you know, he has a, is a very sharp tongue, and Almost anytime definitely. I've called him in the good and the bad times, <laughs> anytime I've called him in the good and the bad times, you know, he tells me what I, what, you know, not what I want to hear, but what I need to know. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I'm inspired by him because our relationship transcends the stage. You know, um, we have, you know, we've spent many hours and phone calls talking about many things, and he has guided me in my personal life and on on stage, you know, as well. So um, I would say, uh, Bob, you know, and as far as me and entertainers, <laughs> um, you know, I think it's no secret that um, somebody that inspired me, obviously, was Taj Mahal, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, rest in peace. And, uh, you know, my the reason why is my personal experience with her is, you know, I met her at, um, I think the first time I met her was at Miss Gay US of A at large. And mm-hmm. uh, we were really connected through Bob, you know, um, because Bob is her Taylor family and her Taylor father. Um, right. But, uh, you know, I just have vivid memories of her, you know, the first time I think I really saw her and she was performing, you know, I walked up to the stage and she was standing there and she was performing, but she would talk to the audience while she was performing, you know, she, she was like, hi brother, you know, in her right. voice and I mm-hmm. never forget that, you know, and and, she, and it just kept going right into the words, you know, and I was like, oh, she's, you know, she's got tricks, you know, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I was inspired by her because even though she didn't know anything about me, you know, I I hadn't competed before in any system. Um, she really, truly believed me the night, believed in me, sorry, the night she saw me at prelim night of Mr. Continental 2011. And I think from that night on, you know, she, she, she didn't have to believe in me because so many people really, they won't take the time to sometimes in this business. Right. But she saw something in me and she like gave me these words of encouragement and um that meant so much more than she knew you know um and so you know that's why I'll forever be inspired by her essentially yeah you actually had two people that I really adore um and Bob Taylor, for me, you know, I'm not going to go long and tell you, but I've known him for 10 years. And even though I'm not a Taylor, I do call him Daddy Bob. <laughs> you know, he's just he's just that type of guy. So I love Bob. And then Taj Mahal, I mean, that is diva. You know, before I was, you know, a judge, a continent, or anything of that nature, you know, she was the girl that got me my seat, you know. So whether it was on the runway, near the runway, behind the judges, I always got my seat from her. So uh, I definitely miss her, and, and thank you. And what was your sister's name? I didn't get your sister's name. What was her name? I'm sorry. My sister's name is Charity. Charity. Okay. So Charity, Bob Taylor, and Taj Mahal. Okay. So let's talk about Continental. What what attracted you initially to the Continental system? And I'll start with you, um, I'll start with you Joey, and then we'll move back to Brooklyn. Looking for a little time. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the first time I saw Continental, I believe I saw the girls. Okay. Um, and, you know, 
I I think like you know back to that time when I first saw my first continental pageant and mm-hmm. I thought wow you know this is this is so professionally run you know um, and I had I had like I said come from uh, you know the competition world and stuff like that and it was very much run the same way you know very professional if you're not there you know for your for they call your number you know number 365 in the lyrical category you know or whatever style of dance you're doing the jazz category and you're up next and if you if you're not there you know they take points away and so it was i was viewing this pattern going wow this is very similar to my you know my childhood and and me growing up and you know that whole energy you know mm-hmm. and so i think the one thing that the one thing looking at it without having ever stepped into the park west theater was the professionalism the way it was run you know and when i watched the video and i saw who when the winner was called i knew that that two won the pageant by watching the video right you know that was my winner as well and when I got involved in it, uh, you know, and I and I ran the first time, um, you know, it was kind of the one thing that wanted me that, that drew me to Continental was the respect that, you know, uh, the number one the audience had, the audience in Chicago had for the girls and the boys, mm-hmm. um, and the respect that Jim had for the contestants, the girls, the reigning, the formers, you know, of both systems. So it was, and the family, you know, that's clearly there. Um, that's, it was, it was all of that, um, you know, mixed together that really drew me to Continental. Okay, great. And what about you, Brooklyn? What, is, what, um, what attracted you initially to the Continental system? Um, it's the system I grew up on, really, from when I started doing drag and I started watching Fahrenheit and a couple of, um, Amanda Roberts, who's a former continental promoter. Um, they all lived in Toronto, so that's the only system that was really available to me up in Toronto. Cause we've, we had an EOI prelim a couple of times, but that was later on. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up with continental, and I was seeing all these queens that competed in continental, and they were the best ones in the city, and I kind of wanted to be just like them. So it was always kind of there, like a little seed was planted way back when. And then seven years later, when I actually started doing drag professionally, um, I never really thought Continental would be something that I could achieve. Okay. And that's kind of why I wanted to do it. Like, it, all, it seemed like such a far-off, far-reaching goal for me, A, because mm-hmm. back, back in the day, it was – mostly a pageant for transsexuals. There was a boy queen here and there, but it was right. dominated by transsexuals. So mm-hmm. I thought it would be really hard for me to win this. I win this. So whenever something seems really hard for me to do, it's kind of it always makes me want to try even harder at it. So I kind of wanted to go in and just see how it went and prove to myself that I could do it and do it well. So that's kind of what drew me to Continental. And, oh. and besides the obvious, the obvious, prestige of it. It is the best of the best. It's uh, the cream of the crop. So that I, I, also drew me to it. I, I second uh, that. I, amazing I, I, from, I, 
Yeah, I, I second that motion. I, I do believe that it is, um, but don't tell anybody I said that. Uh, but no, but seriously, I, I do believe it is the cream of the crop. So, so let me ask you this. Um, I call I, I call what you did a mocha move, mocha Montrese move. I love mocha. That's my girl. Um, but you said basically stepped off because for a while, mocha Montrese, you know, she was competing in Entertainer of the Year. In July, and then here comes end of August, early September, she's at Continental. So after you got first runner-up to Raquel Lloyd, um, what just really made you decide to go ahead and take a stab at it like a month later, like literally? Um, it's really funny that you mentioned Mocha Montrese because she's the exact reason that Ooh. I went to Continental. Okay. Yeah, that's that's hysterical, actually. Yeah, um, so she stepped down that night, and she saw me, and she watched me all weekend. And after the pageant, I think probably about three days later, um, she called me, and she called Fahrenheit, and she was like, I want to get Brooklyn to Top Central. I've already called Jim, and that this girl that you have to see. I want to get her appointed. So they found me a prelim. I guess they hadn't been able to have one that year, but they appointed me Miss Michigan Continental. Okay. And... Yeah, and she and Mocha herself actually sponsored me. She um she paid my entry fee and I think she gave me like three hundred dollars um to help out with hotel and stuff. It was really really lovely of her. Um, Good, Mocha. Yeah, so yeah, she was it was amazing. It's all thanks to Mocha Montrese. That's why that's how I kind of actually got to Continental because I hadn't been I hadn't I hadn't planned on doing it at all. And I had I kind of said to myself, why not? I have a package ready. I just right. need to get a, a, another gown, a couple swimsuits. I can do that in a month. And I got everything together, and it all kind of worked out. And yes, it, was, it did. Incredible. <laughs> yes, it did. Okay, <laughs> So now, aside, and we'll stay with, uh, well, I'll, I'll go to Joey, and then and I'll come back to you. But the question is for both of you. You know, aside from the both of you winning Continental on your second attempt, um, what was different for you as a competitor in 2014 than when you first competed for you, Brooklyn, it was 2013, and for you, Joey, it was 2011? So what was different from the first time that you competed to, to the last time of which, you were, of which when you were crowned? Um, okay. Uh, well, there is uh, – <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how I, how I word this. Uh, there is something about – uh, watching the pageant on the DVD and coming and running in the pageant. You know, there's little there's little kinks and things like that that you have to experience back in that back hallway, you know, leading up to the stage. Um, and there's just certain timing things that I experienced, you know, that I felt were different. But really the truth of it in my story as far as Continental is that, uh, you know, I didn't know the importance of certain things, and I feel that in the two years, I believe, almost three it was, that I, in between the first time I ran and the second, I grew as an individual and as a person. So for me, it wasn't so much, it wasn't so much as a pageant thing that, oh, I figured this out or, oh, this is the formula. It was that I had found myself as an individual, and I had grown so much that, you know, uh, when I came back, I, I was just a different person altogether. But, um, I, you know, I I discovered a lot of things. And I always say, um, you know, that to really bring something to the stage, you know, whether it's a talent or a look or 
anything like that. You know, you have to kind of experience life. You know, nothing is believable. I don't believe, for me, I can't, it's hard for me as an artist to get on stage and portray something that I haven't lived out. You know, it doesn't come off as genuine. The audience always picks up something that is not true to yourself. That's right. So, you know, I knew I knew coming back that um, I wanted to tell whatever story it was going to be on stage, and I knew that I had experienced it in the two years prior to me not competing. And so I just knew I wasn't a different person, and that the experience, the life experience, that I had gone through in those two or three years, however long it was, had is really the real reason and the real help that I got. Mm, I love that. Okay. All right. So your growth, you grew, you grew along the way, and you you came into yourself and and, and basically stepped back on the stage. So so that was a different that that was a difference for you. So totally get it. Um. So what about you, uh, Mr. Brooklyn? What was different from you from 2013 versus 2014? Um. Well, I had such a positive experience my first year. Like, not a lot of people get to go and be first runner-up their very first time. So, for me, it was kind of just looking at what I had done that night Mm -hmm. on the video and just seeing what I could improve on, what could be better. And then the hardest thing for me was was deciding what I was going to do for talent. Or one of the hardest things, because I got got a perfect score in talent, so I was like, how am I going to up this? how, How can I make this better? So that was really difficult. I struggled with whether I should do points again, whether I shouldn't do points again, like what what was I going to do? But I just decided at the end to not worry about it and just do what I do best and show what I have to show. And that's what I did. Um, besides that, I, I just a lot of preparation, question and answer. Like I said in my question and answer, that really was actually the hardest part for me. Okay. Um, I just had to talk. Like I, I, I always move with my body and my body really had to answer questions in public or anything like that. So it was a little bit nerve-wracking. Um, so just kind of working on questions and answer the whole year, getting questions, asking myself questions, figuring out how I would answer them, um, stuff like that was hard. And I just a lot of preparation. Like my first year, I had a month to prepare, and I just kind of went in there, and I had to wing it. Right. And like Joey says, like kind of, Knowing how backstage is going to work, kind of being prepared, knowing what spot you want to get. Like, I kind of had everything in my head planned out. Like, I had, like, I had different scenarios. I would come up with different scenarios of things that could go wrong and how I would be able to fix them in the moment. So I had, like, plans. I had, like, three plans for everything that could ever go wrong with my clothes and everything. So I wanted to just get there and know I was calm and that I was covered and was prepared for any situation that could happen. So, um... And, and and doing that, I was really able to just relax and have a good time during the weekend because I felt so calm and not flustered at all backstage because you have so little time to get ready for things. Right. So I think the, I think the biggest difference between the first year and the second year was having a game plan for me mm-hmm. and knowing how I was going to play the game and um, how I was um, when I was going to hold back and then when I was going to give all I could have because. I had like I had two different packages. Prelim night, I I did, I kind of held back a little bit, and that was my plan. Like I put a good package together, but not a very very strong one, so that I kind of would get into the twelve, but it wasn't going to be the best of the best. And then final night, once I got into final night, then that's when my whole package really came together, and I brought my A game. 
Because you always, I, I, you know, I always feel like if if you come too strong at the beginning, like especially when people repeat talents first night and second night, it's very hard to recreate that reaction. Oh yeah, in front of everybody. It is. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. I don't care what. I don't care if it's continental, the U.S. of A. or any. It doesn't matter what. It's it's really hard to recreate that moment, no matter how good it is. It, it really yeah. is. And that moment is magical, and that makes people like, oh, mm-hmm. it's easy for that. So that's with my, and that goes with clothing, with everything. It's really hard to recreate that reaction. Right. So, and I and I kind of knew that from first year. So. That's why I didn't do any of the same things preliminary as I did final night. Okay, okay. So you you spoke about, you know, some of the things that were not necessarily challenging, but maybe hard for you as far as um, thinking about, you know, how you, how you would top yourself in talent from, you know, completely getting a perfect score and then and then with question and answer. So I want to move that question really quickly to, to Joey. Joey, as, as you were getting ready and preparing for Continental, what was – did you have any – categories or, or things that you were toggling with or, or, you know, undecided about in going into preparation or preparing for continentals? Um, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, I think I might have played with, like, a couple ideas for talent. I think I had – I went back and forth between uh, two different ideas for talent. But, um, you know, that's because, you know, as – I, I do my own stuff. You know, I nobody choreographs my numbers. I choreograph my own numbers. I, I made my costume. Um, you know, um, everything I try to do myself, you know, that way it really comes from me, you know, uh, all of it. So um, I played with those ideas, but, you know, like the growth had really happened in the, the years prior. Um, the first time I came to Continental, um, I believe I was dead last in swimsuit um, in the top 12. Um, and I want to say that in all my clothing categories, I might have been, if not last, close to last. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I I think uh, from there on when I got the scores, maybe later on in that year, I told myself that I would never come back unless I did it the way that I wanted to because I knew I was capable of looking a certain way and I wanted to have people view me that way. Mm-hmm. And so um, going into it, um, you know, I didn't, many people, you know, asked me about obviously, um, you know, in the, the two years um, in between, you know, I did gain 40 pounds. Um, uh, so many people asked me about, you know, like my physicality and uh, that kind of thing and like the gym and, all these things, but I really didn't change my body or um, any of that for for the pageant or for swimsuit uh, or anything like that. I really, along the way, found that I liked fitness and that I was really into um, going to a gym, you know, and being disciplined because, obviously, it's the same thing as dance, you know. I turned my love of dance and discipline and that kind of thing, because that's a lot of discipline to sit in the ballet class for hours, you know, and, mm-hmm. and at a bar and do repetition, you know, and, and it's the same thing with the gym, you know, in fitness. You go to a gym, you lift the same weights or you up the weights, but it's, you know, the same movement and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff, I really did it for myself in my life, and then it all just kind of, it all kind of came together for the pageant, you know, so... 
it was just a um 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 uh, um like big mesh of like different things. You know, I had danced my whole life. That was what I did for talent. I had found, you know, my love of fitness along my journey mm-hmm. in the years prior. That kind of worked out for swim shoot. And I was a different person on the inside. You know, I had lived a little bit of life and I did I felt much more comfortable, you know, answering the question. So that kind of was question and answer, you know. Right. So it was you know, what happened. Okay. So so I'm gonna ask this question. I don't want you guys to be, you know, politically correct. I really want you to to um what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> I don't know what the word I'm. I don't even. I know what the word is. But I can't say it. But I want you to uh, just answer the question. How about that? <laughs> but let, let's 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 pretend as though you know. You're, we know that you're the title holder and all of that. But at the end of the day, you are fans also of the system, just like anybody, anyone else, whether it's a judge, promoter, CEO, whatever. You're, you're still fans of the system. So um, I'm sure that you know if you haven't seen all of them, you've seen most of them when it comes down to the continental tapes and the DVDs over the years and prior to you or before you coming into the past as a competitor. Who would you like to see come back and make another strong attempt at being the next Mr. Miss Continental, Continental Elite, or even plus? doesn't have to be this year. It could just be in future. It can be in future years. But who is it? Who's that one competitor or two competitors if you have them that you would just like to see on the stage again, on the continental stage again? And I'll, I'll give it to Brooklyn first, and then we'll go to Joey. Um, <laughs> who haven't already won? Yes, who hasn't already won? <laughs> who hasn't already won? Oh, okay. Oh. Um, that's a tough one. Joey, do you have an answer for this? I have to think about this for a second. Oh, um, <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to use uh, two people who I – believe are not competing this year. That way we are politically correct. But um, <laughs> okay. I <laughs> I believe for um I would say from you know, just personal for personal reasons, I would say for the boys, I, I would love to see Lewis Nicholson come back. Okay. Um he's a great person. I I think he's very sweet and genuine. And I would say for the girls, I would love to see Roxy Andrews come back. Um, she's a friend of mine, and I believe that Continental is her home. Okay, so you would like to see her compete for Miss Continental, right? Miss Continental, regular, right. yes. Okay. All right, so Lewis Nicholson, no Lewis, he's a, he's a good guy. And Roxy Andrews, okay. And now, um, Brooklyn, have you thought of who uh, you would like to see come back to either Miss, Miss Continental, Continental Elite, or even Plus? Yeah. I- okay. Um, I completely agree with Joey. I would love to see Roxy come and do Miss. Um, okay. She's looking fantastic, and I, I think she would do an amazing job. I would also love, um, I don't believe she's coming this year, but I don't know, Queen Bee Ho. I would love okay. to see her come back because I just okay. think she's so talented, and I really enjoy watching her on stage. Um, uh, and then the final, the final person can't compete again because they're no longer with us, but I would really... If I had the opportunity, I would love to see Sasha Valentino again. Oh, now you know that's my girl. I'm gonna cry over here. Love her, love her. Okay, so we got so we got Lewis Nicholson, Roxy Andrews. Oh my God! And then we share the same birthday. Don't get me started. Um, so Lewis Nicholson, Roxy Andrews, Baby Ho, and the late great Sasha Valentino. Okay, so Joey, um, what would you say to um, like 
those newbies, you know, that have watched Mr. Continental. We can have a few more questions and we'll be done. So uh, what would you say, to, like, to the newbies, you know, that have watched Mr. Continental just like we did, you know, over the last few years and have been contemplating competing for the first time at the contest? What would you say to that possible contestant listening right now? You can do it. You can do you can do anything that you want to do. You know, um, I think that there's like a great fear sometimes of continental and there's so many of these little systems out now, you know, that are new that are pawning themselves off as national systems, you know, mm-hmm. and this is not to, this is not to, you know, discredit them, but, you know, uh, there's, uh, for me, there. You know, there are, uh, you know, four national systems, five, you know, of the majors. And, you know, sometimes I think I've gotten from a lot of contestants and, uh, you know, entertainers who have, and the girls who have not competed for Continental before that, <clears throat> that, you know, they're coming in two years, that they're getting ready for two years, that, you know, they're saving it for last and all of these types of comments. And, I always say I I didn't save it for last. I wanted it now because when I looked at it and I looked at the people who had won, they were the greatest in the business, the most professional. And how could you not want to be a part of the best? You know, it was the top. Um, uh, you know, I think it's intimidating to think, okay, wow, I could stand amongst this lineup of men and women, you know, who I look up to, but – you can do it, you know, and sometimes I think a lot of people, even the boys who compete, are, you know, currently and who have for many years, they think of Continental as this unreachable dream, you know, wow. and it's not. It's within your reach. It's, it's completely within your reach, you know. It's just you have to put forth the effort and, and the action mostly, you know. We have to stop. You have to stop, you know, saying I'm coming, I'm coming or, you know, you know, that, you know, or not putting forth the effort to do it or not getting ready or not using your brain, you know. It's about being smart, you know. To win to win the title, it's about using your intelligence, you know, and applying it to each category and, and, and be yourself, you know. It's when you look at the system, Skip Mackle was on your, your show yeah. not that long ago in a panel of, uh, many adjudicators for all the national systems, and he said something so great, which is that, you know, the system is about, you know, being the best version of yourself. And when you look at Continental, looking at the categories and seeing how you can apply yourself as an individual to these categories because you are not being judged imperatively like other systems. So it's about uh-huh. being the best version of yourself, you know, and so... I would tell them, bring yourself, but look at the history as well, because there's a history and a legacy prior to to myself, to Brooklyn, you know, and there's, there's people who came before us. And so I always like to look at the history, and I say, how can you apply yourself to this system? Good. Two things I took from that, and I'm, I'm, still, I'm going to get Brooklyn's response. Number one, like Nike has a slogan, just do it. You know, at some point, you're going to have to say, I'm just going to go ahead and do it, because you never know 
what can happen. You know, and Brooklyn is a test of that. You just never know what can happen. She had a month to prepare, and look where she is now. You know what I'm saying? So Nike, just do it. You know, that's number one. And then something that you talked about, national systems, you know, something that, that sparked my mind. I'm not going to tell you who – I'm not going to say on Carol who said it. It's not a bad thing. It's really a good thing, but it was in regards to national. You know, I don't believe, and, and, and I honestly believe it, you're not a national title holder until you're nationally known, you know. So if you want to be nationally known, then go toward the national system, you know, the system that are going to put you there, not even just nationally, internationally, you know. So um, great. I mean, great advice to, to those men out there that are contemplating. Just do it and just, you know, do your homework. Stick out to do your homework, but, you know, just do it. You know, it, it is totally up to you. Um, and, Brooklyn, what about you? What would you say to what would you say to the 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 young lady that's contemplating for the first time coming to Miss Continental? First of all, I would say why not? Okay. Like why not do it? Like Joey has said, like there's no good unless you have a really good reason. There's no reason that you shouldn't give this a try. Second thing I would say is do your homework. Mm-hmm. And because you know every system kind of has their specific style, like different systems are kind of known for different things, I find. So I say do your homework. Look what Constantinople looks for in each category, like what they look for in a bathing suit, what they kind of look for in a gown. Like if you watch them all, you can kind of get an idea of what they want. Um, ask people who are involved in the Constantinople system what what are the values of the Constantinople system. Like what, what do they kind of look for in each category? Um, second thing I would say is come with a Come with the right attitude. I look as con- at Continental as drag school. Right? You go and you learn. You see different things. You get inspired by different people because it's really the best of the best coming together to compete for this title. Right. So I say go with, an open, go with the right attitude that you are going to learn something this weekend and you're going to get inspired. Um, and it, Continental is great because it also teaches you that you have to, if you're serious about this career, you have to invest. And you're going to have to invest the money and put together a really great package to show at a national. So I would definitely say watch watch your peers. Watch what they're doing. Watch the reigning. See what she's doing. Don't be afraid to contact your reigning and try to and ask her questions mm-hmm. about the continental system. I love it when people ask, who are contemplating uh, doing continental for the, for the first time contact me on Facebook or in person. I love talking to them and just kind of telling them my experience with Constantinople and saying, if you come clean and if you come with a really great talent, you're going to be, you're going to be judged fairly. Like, look, look at me. They didn't know who right. I was. You don't have right. to be a name in order to do it. That's right. Often out of nowhere, no one had any idea who I was. And I did, and because of what I brought to the stage, Constantinople, I got first runner-up. So Constantinople is very, very, very fair. And if you deserve it, they will give you the points for it. Most definitely. So I would just say to someone who is contemplating doing Continental for the first time, come and try it out. Just give it a shot. You have nothing to lose. And if you're serious about this career, then this is a really smart move for you to make. Because, A, if you are if you come and do a good job, you're going to get exposure. You're, you're going to get oh, possible yeah. bookings. That's a lot of correct. people go to Continental for so you could get more work out of this. More people are going to know you. are going to be able to possibly travel a little bit more. Um, and just come and learn and have fun. And Continental is a family. Like, it's like a big family reunion twice a year. Yes, it is. Everyone yes, gets it together. 
It is. It's so much fun. Like even if you don't win, you get you get to make new friends and you get new experiences and you get this. It's like a it's like a real sense of community because you're all there for the exact same thing. Right. And it kind of bonds you and like you make friends for life through Continental. So I would just say do your homework, come with the right attitude, invest in your craft, and if, if this is truly your dream, then make it happen for yourself. Lovely, and I love the response. And, I, and I'll just say this uh, also. Uh, contestants, you know, if you're contemplating, hey, you may not, you may say it's not in the budget, I can't do it this year, whatever, and you've never not, you know, ever been to Continental, all you've seen is the DVDs and the tape, trust me, it is it behooves you to go and at least experience it. Because the Continental experience, just even as a, you know, so if you're, if you're sitting there and this is something that you really want to be a part of, Go just go and watch the competition. Enjoy the competition. Network, you know, build, you know, kind of. You can sit there in the audience and start building your package if you want to, you know. So I think it's also good for just to go in and sit in the audience and watch the pageant, you know, and, and see what you can get out of it and see if that's really the place that you actually want to be. And that the room and that the energy in that room is electric. It is. There's nothing like a continent audience. It's so nothing. Much fun share and watch and hear everybody get excited about something. It's great. And I always tell people, you know, it's like, why do you love Chanel so much? And it's like, you just have to go. You have to experience And in Continental, it's just not about the pageant. It's about the people, the camaraderie, rallying around each other, loving on one another, and also enjoying the beautiful city of Chicago. You know, so it's it's so much that you can that you can get or gain from even just going to Continental and experiencing that. So most definitely, and I, I thank you for that. So I have... I have mm, – I'll, I'll do two more, and, and I'm done. This, was, this one is my fun game, really, really quickly. It's not going to take uh, a lot of thought, hopefully not. But it's a name game. I have to do the name game with every person that I interview. So I want to give you three names, okay? You may have mentioned these names before throughout the course of the interview. But I, I'm going to give you three names, and when I give you that name, I want you to go ahead and provide me with one word that best describes that person, okay? You guys got it? Okay. Okay. So, Joey, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> so, Joey, the first thing I want to give you is Khalil Valentino. Brother. Erica Andrews. Mm. Goddess. Okay. Bob Taylor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My everything. Okay. That was so two got, words, sorry. But that's okay. <laughs> so we got Khalil Valentino, brother, Erica Andrews, goddess, and Bob Taylor, my everything. So, Brooklyn, are you ready? I am. Okay. First name is Nasha Lopez. Sister. Sharon Heights. Confidant. I love that. And Jim Flint. Legend. All right. So we got Nation Lopez, sister, Fahrenheit, uh, Confidant, and Jim Flint, legend. Okay. So last thing, and then if you want to leave anything else with me, you know, with what? I'm sorry? Can uh, Can I change my Nation when I thought of a better word for Nation? Okay, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I just gave you supporter because she's been a really great support to me this year. All right, all right, Nisha, love Nisha. Okay, so Nisha has been changed to supporter, but she's also a sister. 
Okay, so uh, really quickly, and, and, and I'm done. Uh, as a national title holder, Miss Continental, Mr. Continental, with roughly five months left in your reign, what are you expecting individually to get out of being Mr. or Miss Continental? And what should we, the audience and the supporters and the Continental family, expect from you in the next coming months? So, number one, what are you expecting individually to get out of being Mr. or Miss Continental? And secondly, what should we, the audience and the supporters, expect from you in the next coming month? And, Joey, you're first. <laughs> okay. Um <clears throat> I would say that uh, uh, all my expectations were met the night I won. Um, this okay. was my dream. It is my dream. And, <clears throat> um, you know, all my expectations as far as everything have been met. I mean, it really, truly has been, like, you know, uh, one hell of a ride. Um, and so expectations – I don't really I don't really like to have expectations and I don't want to have any. You know, I just I live my life one day at a time and I take it all as it comes. Um but thus far, I mean it's been incredible. You know, it's everything and more that I ever thought it would be. Um and as far as as far as uh you know, what's to come, I would say the best is yet to come. I'm not done, you know. And that's in life in general. Until right. they put me in the ground, I'm not done. And, um, you know, this is something that I went into thinking not what I can take from, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't ever think, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to win this and this is going to make me this, or this is going to be famous, or I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, walk out of here with a million dollars. This was something that I thought, okay, I really, I respect this and I want to put into it, you know, this is like, this is like a, you know, an investment into, you know, something that I really, truly believe in. So, you know, I'm still investing, you know, my time, energy, and everything else, blood, sweat, and tears, and I will continue to in the next five or six months that we have left. So I'll never – and I will continue even after I, you know, give up the title. I will continue to invest in the dream that Jim Flint built, um, you know, long ago, because this is something, this system is my heart and soul, and I love Continental, and I always will. Great. Thank you so very much. And Brooklyn Heights, the question is now yours. Um, <laughs> as, far as, I don't, as far as expecting anything, um, I definitely don't, or I don't expect anything from the Continental system. I'm very lucky that I've had a really great experience so far. Like I've, I've gotten to meet amazing people. I've gotten to travel. I've gotten to network, um, build professional relationships as well as personal relationships. Um, so those have all kind of been pluses, none of them that I really expected to happen. Like I knew I was going to travel, obviously, but um, just meeting a lot of really, really wonderful people and just being able to connect with people. Um, and as far as what people can expect from me, Mm-hmm. Um, in the coming months is more of the same. Um, just professional, personable, someone you can talk to. When I show up at the prelim, I try to say hi to everybody. I try to talk to all the contestants, get to know them a little bit. 
I always tell them that um, if they ever have any problems or any questions, they come to me, and I will figure help them figure the, figure it out. Um, so I think people just can just expect from me that I'm a professional, personable person. Um, I love what I do, and I love being on stage, and I love performing for people, and that's exactly what I'm going to continue doing for the rest of my reign. Thank you so very much. So in Brooklyn, I'll start with you really, really quickly. Is there anything that you would like to leave us before we close the show? Is there anything that you would like to leave the, the listening audience or those that will listen after it's been posted, you know, that you would just, you know, just want to leave us with? Um, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and listening, and I hope you all are going to come out and support the Continental System this weekend in Chicago as well as Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, pageantry is something that seems to be dying off a little bit in this country, especially with RuPaul's Drag Race coming up in popularity mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it really is such an important part of the gay culture and the gay community. It builds such a sense of family and community, I find, that it's just something that's so important that we fight to keep alive and fight to keep relevant. So I just would like to say thank you for your continued support, and thank you, Micah, for having me on. You're welcome. I'm going to ask you this really quickly. I'm sorry, because someone did ask me this in the in my inbox, and I, was, and I said I was going to ask him, and I totally forgot, but, I, but you brought up a good point. But basically, you know, you talk about RuPaul's Drag Race and, and, and all of that. How, how do we, as a community, get back? How do we go back and start supporting and doing the things that we need to do to make sure that the drag community, the entertainment within our industry is kept alive? How do we do that? Well, I think it's a very hard thing to do because RuPaul's Drag Race has such a platform. And now I'm not hating on RuPaul's Drag Race at all. I think I, I think it's a great thing that it's, drag is becoming so mainstream. And I think it's such a wonderful opportunity for that very small group of girls who gets to be on the show. I mean, I, I, don't, I can't think of one entertainer who's a pageant girl or a non-pageant girl who would pass up that opportunity and right. that book would be, to be quite honest with so it's wonder. It, it, I think it is a wonderful opportunity to be able to make some real money doing this art form. But the problem is that it's only for a very small group of people, and they are making a very large amount of money. And then you have all these other insanely talented people who just don't happen to be on the show, um, and we're they're stuck making one hundred fifty dollars a booking. Right. So, and it, like I said, it's very hard to compete with that because it's on TV. It's mainstream. Lots of people can view it. Whereas Continental isn't as much. I think something that would be really great for pageantry in general is to make another documentary about it or even possibly like have content televised. Mm-hmm. I would so, love to see that every year. Well, I'll be there, but I would love to see right. it every year on TV, you know? Yeah, well, definitely. I think it'd be, I think it'd be incredible. And that would, that would give more, uh, like a mass audience like RuPaul's Drag Race has an opportunity Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. to see what we do and see that we are as talented and as relevant as the girls on RuPaul's Drag Race. Most definitely, I I couldn't agree with you more. Okay, thank you so much. And um, Joey, is there anything that you would like to leave us, you know, with before we close the show tonight? Um, I just want to say, well, number one, thank you, Micah, for having me on the show. I have been a longtime listener, and um, I've, I've expressed to you that many of your shows I have been enlightened on many subjects and a lot of your subjects or your uh, your um, you know individuals that you've uh, interviewed on the show mm-hmm. have really touched me and so I want to thank you for bringing this to our community and uh, giving us this opportunity to um, have people 
you know, peek into our lives a little bit. Um, but sometimes people don't really know us. They just right. know our persona, our onstage character. But I think the one thing I want to leave with people is, you know, sometimes, <laughs> this is in general, sometimes as entertainers and, uh, you know, uh, very liberal people and artists and, uh, you know, uh, performers, you know, we're always on the go. We're always traveling and from one city to the next and here, there, and everywhere. We see each other in passing, but we don't really tell each other how much we really mean to one another. You know, we are our own family. I have built an entire family of people who are not biologically related to me, who mean the world to me. And so with the passing of some individuals in our community like Erica Andrews, Taj Mahal, Whitney Page, um, uh, you know, and even Ashley Cruz, who I think it's the anniversary of her passing yeah, maybe today, or mm-hmm. it was yesterday. Um, you know, we don't really take the time to tell each other how much we really truly mean to one another. And so my message that I want to leave everyone with is take the time to express your love for somebody who means whatever it is they mean to you in your life, because it's important. You never know. They might not be here tomorrow. And, you know, there's this little saying, you know, that we give, you should give people their flowers while they're still here. And right. so I've taken the time after I have experienced loss um, to make sure that I validate people's lives and I tell them that you are important to me and I love you. So that's my message. Thank you. Thank everybody. you. I received that, Joey, and I hope everybody else receives that because I really do receive that. And I really do think that um, the world just needs more love, and especially within our community. Everything that's happening, everything that's going on, you know, uh, we just need more love, and we need to show those that we love and care for, that, you know, let them know that we do appreciate them. So, so again, thank you. Thank you, Brooklyn. Thank you, Joey, for, for being a part. Um, we're going to go ahead and move into the closing of our show, and of course, you know, I'll be seeing uh, Joey and Brooklyn on this weekend at Continental Plus and Elite. Um, but our audience and my guests, I just want you to uh, to hold the line for me really quickly. We're going to close tonight's show, and so just hold the line for me here. That's actually all the time that we have tonight. I want to give a special thanks to Mr. and Ms. Continental, Joey Taylor, and Brooklyn Heights on sitting down with me just for a few so we can get to know the persons behind the face, the title, and the stage. Thank you also to Jim Flynn and the Continental Pageantry System for allowing me to sit on the judging panel once again this upcoming weekend at Continental Plus. Now, if you're in the Chicago area or surrounding areas and you would like to come see a fabulous competition, please drop by the Park West Theater of West Armitage this weekend to see just that. And also, really quickly, I want to give a big congratulations to the lovely Miss Continental Plus 2014, the Lady Taji Iman, and Miss Continental Elite 2014, Lady Sharice, on an amazing year as the faces of the Plus and Elite divisions under the Continental umbrella. Now, as you know, I end each episode with a quote of the week. So here's this week's quote. 
If you are brave enough to say goodbye, life will reward you with a new hello. Do the best you can until you know better, and then when you know better, do better. Once again, if you are brave enough to say goodbye, life will reward you with a new hello. Do the best you can until you know better, and then when you know better, do better. Until next time, everyone be blessed.